This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mopac Audio. I said, well, the only other option is divorce. I was married to a con artist. When I married him, we never paid our bills. Ever, ever, ever. I also feel like he's playing you. If he's saying, well, I don't want you to see anybody else, that's not his business anymore. You're divorced. And now, I kind of like being on my own. <laughs> Do whatever I want. <laughs> Open Group Therapy calls on a revolving cast of members each week to complement the work of renowned psychologist, Dr. Matthew Paradise. Each episode focuses on one person's experience. You'll hear that person interacting with peers in the group whose names they might not even know, but whose counsel and compassion are impactful nonetheless. You'll also hear that person speaking in private with Dr. Paradise. This is a time when Dr. Paradise can discuss the group experience as it relates to the individual. Dr. Paradise uses a mixture of direct questioning along with humor to both support and challenge the group. He provides an attentive ear, but will also call someone out. Dr. Paradise speaks openly and expects others to do the same. Only through this kind of open dialogue can real growth occur. One of the real magic things that happens in group is that you have folks that are veterans that have been there a while and, and, and been through the divorce process in the very same room with somebody who may have just gone to court or maybe just in the beginning of the process of deciding what they're going to do about a failing marriage. It's really powerful, and one of the things that I like about it is it's mutually beneficial. The person coming back, the veteran, even if it's it's years down the road, I find that they, they come back when they're trying to remind themselves of things. So they'll often be talking to a newcomer to the group, but they'll really be, in a sense, talking to themselves in the past. In this episode, you will hear two contrasting stories of separation. Gianna struggled to find the self-belief and confidence to divorce her con artist ex-husband, but has shown incredible resilience by creating a less tumultuous life for herself. Corday has been officially divorced for less than a week. After enduring the difficult decision to split, she now faces the reality of co-parenting, dating, and creating healthy distance from her former husband. Let's hear from Corday first. Hello, everybody. 
I have officially been divorced since this past Monday. So no kidding, really? January 6th has oh, been boy. finalized. That was so less than a week. Well, fresh chicken. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And so um, I got married originally right when I moved here. I met who became my husband. And then we got married at the end of that year, and that was in 2006. So December of this past year was 13 years since I wasn't officially divorced. And um, okay. so I was 19 when I got married. And, um, you know, that was who I was with the whole time here in Texas. I'm originally from Alabama. And um, I have two boys, 11 and 7. And um, basically, everything had been fine. We were really young. But um, I think over time, you know, when his father passed away, and that's when things just started going down and they had a family business and he worked with his father and that was pretty much what he did and so he didn't have a lot of friends or anything outside of that and I know he took it hard but he doesn't really believe in going to anybody for anything like you know as far as counseling or therapy um, and so it was kind of one of those things where you're trying to communicate and it's not working um, and you kind of feel like well what are we doing here and then I didn't make it any better um, you know, I guess I kind of got into a point where I was like, mm, I'm getting any attention. I'm young. Like, we're young. What are we doing here? With kids and all of this, I got scared. I'm like, I can't live my life like this. But a year after, it didn't get any better. And I'm like, okay, he's not going to do anything. I can't help him. Um, you know, we need to separate. <laughs> and so he didn't want that. He said, well, if we separate and you think I need help, how are you going to see what it is that I'm doing to work on it? And I'm like, well, all I know is that I need I need space. And he said, well, you can't have that. And I said, well, the only other option is divorce. And he said, no. And so I, I said, but he, well, he, he forced your hand. Yeah. It was either, you know, you stay in the home and see that I can change or, um, you know, then yeah, divorce. He don't think he th thought I was going to do it. And I said, well, then that's what I'm going to do. And, uh, so I did. And, uh, things have been kind of, They've actually been, I won't say better, I'm unsettled, but we get along. We've always been friends and he's a good father. It's just, it was kind of, I don't know what it was. I guess when bad things happen, like, you know, loss and all of that kind of stuff, you really see how you handle things. Um, and maybe it was a little growth because I was 19 and now I'm 32. Yeah, you really haven't been an adult, not married. <laughs> and I've not met anybody you. else <laughs> at all here. And I felt that after the divorce was finalized. I was like, I feel like I'm fresh all over again. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Corday told a familiar story in group, and that was of a, a person who got married maybe maybe too young, and she was a little naive, and, and she really didn't have much experience in the world. And as a result of that, um, their marriage never fully became what she wanted it to be. And right now, it feels like Corday may even be sort of calling her husband's bluff on stepping up and, and taking on the responsibilities that she hoped he would take on as husband. 
and she seemed curious maybe whether he would take up those roles even as her ex-husband. And that, that's an interesting dilemma for her. I'm Gianna. <laughs> and I have been divorced. I had to think about this before I came here. I think it's 12 years now. Gianna is, is an OG. Gianna came, was not, you were maybe three months into this group. So more than 10 years ago, you first came to group. It's really interesting because it's been so long, I seldom think about my divorce. But as I walked up here, I had this, I got this knot in my stomach. And like right now, I have like that sick feeling, which I haven't experienced in so long. It's very interesting. Yeah, I was not expecting that. It's just like I got to the car and I was just like, oh, I don't want to So as somebody so far through the process, what do you think you have to offer everybody? Hope. Sure. That those feelings clearly do come back when you least expect them mm-hmm. and you think you're over it. And um, that was news to me because I've been to more therapists than <laughs> probably everybody in this room put together. But life is good. You do get over it. And, um, and you do repeat your same patterns of dating the same people until you finally learn that sometimes it's okay to be alone. And it's better to be alone than to be with that type of person that is toxic for you. One of the most notable thing about Gianna's situation was financially, you were really terrified of being divorced. Yes, I was married to a con artist and we, I grew up in a very poor family, but we always paid our bills. And when I married him, we never paid our bills, ever, ever, ever. And we always lived above our means. And so we had no credit and our lights were being turned off and that's not how I grew up. And so here I was working, I have a master's, so I'm educated and I just knew I was gonna be living under an underpass because I had ne- I had gone from my parents' house to being married and It was so funny because where I work, they were running the United Way campaign and I was, had just filed for divorce and it said, I stepped out in the elevator and there was a sign for the United Way and it was a person living in an underpass and it said, this could be you. And I just kind of looked and went, what am I doing? So, so did you end up under an underpass? No, I ended up much better than when I was married. I yeah. have great credit. We're not involved in con businesses, <laughs> buying the sky deals. And so, yeah, life is good. I saw Corday's eyes sort of light up when mm-hmm. said, from my, from my parents' house to, yeah. to being married. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. And Never now, now that I'm 32, I think, oh my God, not that it was a bad marriage, but my, all my 20s, when everybody else was figuring out who they like and how and what to have and not, I was married. I, I never went away to college, so I didn't have the dorm experience. I never lived on my own, and the thought of it yeah. just, and now, I kind of like being on my own. Yeah. Do whatever I want. 
Let's hear what Gianna and Dr. Paradise talked about in private. How does it feel to be able to provide a message of hope? Um, it took surviving a lot of hardship to get to that place. You know, it feels um, it feels uplifting. It feels um, selfless. Um, I remember coming here and thinking there was no hope and being in a place where all I saw was negative negativity and the divorce and the divorce in front of me and thinking, you know, there's no life after divorce. And so hopefully they can see that there is life after divorce and that yeah. it's a good life. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I still use you as an example yeah. around the financial part in particular, because you were just petrified of homelessness. Oh, I was. That was my biggest fear is like, I cannot support myself. I, I, I will not be able to pay the rent. How, how will I do this? I've never done this before. And... I did. And, and you're in better financial shape than you probably could have even imagined, right? Yeah. And um, then three years ago, I got diagnosed with cancer. And when I got my cancer diagnosis, I didn't sit there and say, how am I going to get through this? You know, I, I, I don't have a spouse. That never even entered my mind. It was like, once I got to the doctor and she said, you're here to be cured, stop crying, there's treatment for this. It was like, okay, I'm going to get through this. And with my kids and my friends and my doctors, I got so through So the it. divorce was sort of like a, a, a dress rehearsal. It was far worse. The divorce was 20 times or 100 times worse than, than the than, cancer. Than a cancer diagnosis. Yeah. And now I'm not going to say that the divorce was worse than the chemo days because those were pretty awful. But it never entered my mind once I went to the doctor that I wouldn't get through cancer because she told me I was going to be cured. Even, right. And people told me that I was going to be fine when I was getting divorced. But I couldn't see that. Okay. But that's part of what group gave you right, was, was that optimism. Because you would not have predicted your life now back then. No, no. I mean, back then, I wasn't sure I was going to make it through divorce, much mm -hmm. less cancer, yep. by myself. Now let's rejoin the group. My husband, he still sees me as his wife. He just wants his family back. And he's just 35. He has no intentions in his mind of anything else, he, just us. And that makes me feel guilty. But at the same time, I'm in my mind thinking, well, I mean, if you could just, you know, maybe mature a little bit, um, get yourself together after your father's gone, and maybe we can get married again. But the divorce was his frying pan because he didn't believe me. I told him, you're not doing anything. I mean, the boys, they're, they're getting older. I handle the bills. I do the budget, I do. I know where everything is, and when I come to you about money or anything, you don't know anything. And so I feel like I'm doing it all by myself. You're just here, but you want respect. I don't know what to do. Like, I can't, and um, he didn't listen. And so now, we get along so well, it's like, sometimes I still feel like I'm married, but we're co-parenting. And then I'm like, maybe I shouldn't be around him at all? And he's like, well, how do you feel right now? I'm like, I'm happy that we can still get along and we can still co-parent our children. They can see both of us, but... So, Corday, why are people so suspicious of divorced couples that act real friendly with each other? I think it's because of some of the things that happened that maybe they should have known, but when we're in a certain situation, we tell. And then they have that in their mind and they don't see us, so that's all they can see. Um, 
So that it, post-divorce, he just knows, but he, he he's learned something from the divorce. Yeah, and he okay. he's like, I know that all I want is my family, and I know I get why you got the divorce. I, I'll give you the time you need, but I'm going to be here. I mean, I'm going to be here for the boys for sure. Um, it would, I would hate it if you were to date or find someone else. I, I really hope that doesn't happen, but I'm here. Like, you know, he's, he's at his mom's house. So, so his motivation yeah. about being friendly is because he wants to get back together. And I, your motivation, what I heard is, I feel guilty. I want my kids to have a dad. And I don't want to have this broken family. So those motivations don't match. I also feel like he's playing you. If he's saying, well, I don't want you to see anybody else, that's not his business anymore. You're divorced. Yeah. You can see who you want to see. If you find somebody you want to go out with, you don't, you don't have to feel guilty. And, you know, I didn't believe that until, you know, I had the boys most of the time. And, you know, he's with his mom or he's working or, and then he gets his weekends. And then I, ha- I let him take him on Wednesday and bring him back Thursday at 8. And if... And then, too, you know, if he comes over, we might, you know, let, I'll let him play with the boy. He's at the house a lot. Let me just put it that way. Oh, so basically, you divorced, but nothing is But it wasn't that way at first. It was the holidays that made it that way because the kids <laughs> oh. had Thanksgiving off. And then it was his week. And since he's at his mother's house, she has an in-home daycare and stuff. And I'm like, well, I don't want them over there. You can watch them over here while I go to work. His reason for doing that seems like it's mostly about getting you back. Mm -hmm. And your reason for doing that is mostly because you just want everybody to be friendly and get along. And those are going to bump up against each other Mm -hmm. at some point. He's going to try to kiss you before you know it, if he hasn't already. (laughs) Too late. Too late three times. I'm not going to do it anymore. I promise. Uh, He invites me places he knows I want to go. See, to me, you sound like you're confused. You you want to be divorced, but you don't because, because you like because you you like the comfort of having a husband and a family, but you like mm. the idea of being divorced, but yet nothing has really changed. Are you seeing other people? No, I I don't really even think I have any intentions of seeing anybody else. But then I'm young, so I don't want to think in my mind that I'm not even going to try. Legally, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> and I mean, you need to. Has he done anything to better his... That's the problem. Okay. He talks about it a lot. Mm-mm. And the actions say otherwise because he's leaned on his father so much. And when his father passed, he realized that his father only had him as an employee. He didn't really set him up to take over oh. the business. And so that was like a... Ooh. I mean, and most of the time we were married, he was getting paid pennies. And uh, he really didn't put him on like he wanted him to. And he told him over and over, you're going to die and you're going to leave me in a mess and I won't have anything for my family. And that's exactly what happened. And I felt really bad about that. And I'm like, no, it looks like I'm leaving him because of all of this. But that's not it. Like, it just got really bad. Um, and so I'm just... So um, he, there, there is no improvement on his side. It's no. the same. Nothing has really He's changed. Too comfortable living in his mom's house, and I thought maybe after week one or two that I would see a change because I don't know anybody that's a man that's thirty-five that wants to be in their mother's house. I but, just don't know. But, don't, you, but you were his mother. <laughs> I know, and that's I didn't want to be that. You were his mother, <laughs> so he went from. I don't want to be a mother though. I want to. I want to be like a wife, but I do feel like when I see him, it, I just automatically get that nurturing type. Like he's one of the. Kids, but you're not supposed to see your husband that way. Over these years, I've grown, but he's comfortable. 
And I feel like he's still the same. Let's hear what Corday and Dr. Paradise talked about in private. The group gave you a hard time about how much um, contact you're having with your ex and how you guys are playing the happy family, even though you have a divorce decree with uh, ink that is now, I'm going to call it dry. I know. The, The ink is dry on that document and you're still playing house with your ex. I hear a lot of people say, well, you know, it's just a piece of paper. And so that kind of makes me feel a certain way. And then other people say, well, you know, sometimes, you know, when people aren't going to change, this is what happens. You have to live your own life and you have to figure yourself out. And and then I read books and all these other things Mm -hmm. and your family. So I I have a lot of stuff coming from all over the place in all types of directions. I have to think about Yeah. And you know, there's two things that go on when at least two things when we get divorced. There's a legal process, and that's a business transaction. That's like a splitting up a property and arranging responsibilities. And you did that, and it's signed. And there's a relationship coming apart. Yeah. And sometimes one comes before the other. Yeah. And I think you're still figuring that out. Yeah. But one of the things that I noticed people saying in group is you're going to have to give your ex the space to show that he's changed because as you're doing this playing house it's not like you're seeing him different it's not like you're seeing him like i want to things are the way that i want to be to be married uh and you may have to you may have to go away in order to come back together that's true can i tell you one of the other main things that i've been struggling with with the whole divorce is that you know divorce isn't cheap And when you're in a situation, you know, sometimes you get the funds from family members. And if you come from a certain background where it's like you don't want to disappoint, sometimes if you think changing mind is not an option. Oh, so they, because they help you pay for it, if you change your mind, they're going to be like, what did we just give you that money for? Yes. In my mind, I kind of struggle with that a little bit too. Like, I don't want to make my parents upset because I'm not going to go back on this. This is money involved here. But I have to tell myself that that's not the reason that I didn't reconcile. I have had... More than a couple of people come to group who've married the same person twice, but they come because they're divorcing them twice. So the if you don't solve the issues that cause you to get divorced in the first place, you're bound to end up in the same place you are right now. And the way to do that is probably both of you to work on yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you will know more about your ability to stay married to him by figuring out how it feels to be not married to him than maybe continuing on the same path. If you're seeing the same stuff, and it sounds like you are. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, being yeah. young and kind of knowing each other growing up together, yeah. you get this certain level of trust where it's like, oh, we're in this together, like this this is us. And now I'm feeling like unprotected. And, and, and it, it sounds like in the marriage, you, you had a little bit of an itch. Yeah. You wondered what else was out there. Mm-hmm. And boy, if you spent all that money and went to court, maybe you should go out there and and scratch a little bit just to see what's out there. Yeah. What's often reassuring in group is the shared experiences. And it may not come off in the audio, but there was a lot of warmth and a lot of smiles going on between Corday and Gianna, and they were sitting next to each other. And I think some of what Gianna was offering to Corday was subtle, but real important. And it was just, she gave Corday an example of someone who was many years past a divorce from an inadequate husband, 
and that she was doing just fine. And I think Corday took some reassurance from that, seeing somebody who had moved on successfully from a marriage and created a life for herself and her kids that was happy and healthy and productive. Thank you for listening to Decoupling, Group Therapy with Dr. Paradise. If you enjoyed the episode, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. Also, Dr. Paradise would love to hear your questions or comments. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at DecouplingPod or on Facebook on the Decoupling Podcast page. Decoupling Group Therapy with Dr. Paradise is a Mopac audio production. Producers are Chris Moss, Shannon McGarvey, and Jonathan Beal. Editing and music composition by Blake Maples. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.